Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Adventure Games Podcast. I'm Shorter Dunbar and I'm here with two good friends of mine, Laura Cress and Thomas Bex. How are you guys doing? Hiya. Hello. Yes. Same as always. <laughs> Anything interesting happening in lockdown life? Not I'm really. getting a haircut soon. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got one yet though, so it's not even that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you, Thomas, you doing anything interesting? Yeah. Not not really um working a lot and uh enjoying the uh the better weather that we have now. Um we've uh, got a few games to discuss this week. I will be comparing two interrogation games, one well known and one that has just been released. I'll be talking about her story and Silicon Dreams. And uh, Laura, what would you be talking about later? Yeah, uh, well, I'll be looking at uh, quite an interesting sort of experimental point-and-click adventure called Genesis Noir, and uh, another, again, quite experimental one, actually, <laughs> called Before Your Eyes, um, which is all about using your webcam um, to, to blink. I'll explain it a bit more later on, but it's, I, it's very unusual. I'm very curious to know, you know, what that yeah. game is about, how, <laughs> how it works, if it were, because, mm. uh, well, we'll get into that. Um, but I'm yeah. very curious to know about that. And Thomas, what will you be talking about? I will be talking about Paradise Lost by Polyamorous, which is a an alternative history walking simulator. Cool. I've I've, nice. I've seen trailers to that. It looked really interesting. Yeah. So we shall see if you find the paradise that was lost. Uh, no. <laughs> more more from those. <laughs> more from that later. <laughs> Well, um, not like puns like that, I hope. No, there, no, no there, there'll, there'll be, be Thomas. We just have to live with it. That, yeah, that, that was my so. best one. So, you know, it's all downhill oh, from no. there. Um, well, and we already started below uh, sea level. <laughs> <laughs> Minus zero. <laughs> anyway, shall we get to the news first? Because yes. Yes. Uh, Itch.io is joining the Epic Game Store, which is uh, interesting because I don't think we've seen something like this before. Now, uh, we all own quite a few games on itch.io, if I'm not mistaken, because we bought that Black Lives <laughs> Matter bundle, and uh, you yeah. can get a, you can find a lot of cool free games on itch.io as well. It's a very cool, uh, very cool store. However, their app is not so user friendly. It's, it's not good, uh, is it? It's, it's <laughs> no, it's the, yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's, I'm sorry to say this, but it's terrible. Compared to Steam yeah. and Epic and GOG, it's just, it's so unintuitive. But anyway. The thing here is now is that uh, you can download the the app, the itch.io itch. app of itch.io, which itch.io, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, through the Epic store, uh, the Epic game store, and then it, you have, it is its own thing. So it's like an app store uh, where you download another app. And that seems to be where, Epic Game Store is going like they're gonna go beyond just offering games and go to uh, offering more different things. They also offer Spotify, mm. uh, which is an interesting development, and mm. it makes it makes sense in uh, the grand scheme of things. Epic, the Epic Game Store has about 31 million active users, active daily users, and they would import about 200,000 titles from itch.io to Epic's customers. So. That's a massive increase mm. of, yeah. uh, of, of, of of what you can reach. I, I think this is a, a very, very interesting move. 
And what I think is important to say is that Epic isn't going to take a percentage of sales of those games because obviously at the moment um, with sales, um, the developers selling their games on itch.io get to choose what percentage of their sales go towards itch.io, which means often they obviously get a much higher cut than they would. I think Steam is about 20, uh, Valve takes about 20 to 30% as uh, Polygon has reported and Epic Game Store takes about 12%. But um, Epic will not be taking a percentage of sales sales of the games just because it's on just because itch.io is on epic so really in a way i'm a bit like why is epic doing this apart from the fact they want to become the go-to place i guess they're they're Um, also yeah they're also competing with steam that's why they're set up yeah so that's so they're trying to take the smaller things but Mm. what i mean is although they'll be taking itch.io and as an app like they're not as far as i can tell making money oh, i suppose <laughs> is the idea is that just the traffic yeah if everyone's going to them for that for itch.io and for other things they'll probably go to epic for for all their normal games as well i guess that's what they're hedging the bets in but that bit i found quite interesting that yeah you would is. assume that this would be a bad thing and that they m- might be taking a percentage um from itch.io but it doesn't look like they are yeah, I, th- I think, I mean, as far as I know, Epic Games already make a lot of money from Fortnite. <laughs> that, uh, oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah like a huge <laughs> yeah. amount of money. So maybe, because I, as far as I know, again, the reason they set up was to compete with Valve uh, Steam. So I think this is just another way that they want to compete with Steam. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, it is sense. funny how they're not taking a percentage of sales, which... It, I suppose it would that would just go down very badly, though. I, yeah, I because a lot of the games on itch, that. most of them are very yeah, independent it, it, and free. It kind of defeats of the purpose yeah. of Inch.io, yeah. so uh, yeah. that that would be a bad move. But this, uh, also, the optics would be quite bad. Sure, but this could potentially be a really good thing for developers on Inch.io, because I know what developers are saying is that they really like Itch.io, that they're very supportive, but that they don't really get to a lot of people. I mean, there is a game that I played, If on a Winter's Night for Travelers, um, but I think about five people, including myself, have played it because it's not on Steam. Mm. Uh, no, I have downloaded it, but the yeah, itch, itch.io app is so bad. I'm sorry, guys. You have wonderful games, but your app is so, yeah. so bad. But so this could help, I think, uh, get more, I hope more people so. could I hope so. uh, discover games like this, uh, like If mm. on a Winter's Night uh, for Travelers. Although I guess the thing is that the app, it will still be a standard yeah. itch.io app, <laughs> no. so the app isn't going to change. It's just going to take know. more if, people if to If they're it. smart, they take yeah. this opportunity to, to actually build to something that works. Yeah, because true. this does not work. I think, yeah, we've just been spoiled with something like Steam, though, haven't we? Where they've had years and years and a lot more people and resources to do it. But hopefully, but, as you yeah, said, maybe ho- they'll be able to. Hopefully now more people will be able to play those games and that uh, Itch can improve their their app. But <laughs> yeah, I think this could potentially be a really good thing uh, for developers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah, if, uh, if the competition with Steam, I think that can be a good thing as well. So now developers, they don't need to probably just go to Steam they can choose Epic then as well if they so wished. And um, two games that have, well, not been announced, but one game, The Forgotten City, which was announced before. It has a new trailer with a new release date. It is now coming in the summer of 2021. And this is probably the game that I'm most looking forward to this year after the other games that have, you know, that have already been released. But mm. it's another time loop game. And as we mentioned before, recording, there's plenty of them. There's Elsinore. Yeah. There's, uh, you mentioned, uh, what is it, 12 minutes? 
12 minutes, Death Loop, they're both coming out. Uh, there was a Groundhog Day game as well. Yes, the concept the, uh, for the people who don't. So in this game, from what I know, again, um, I just saw trailers of it, but you play as a time traveler who goes back to Roman times and you relive the final days of a cursed Roman city where if one person commits a sin, everyone basically dies. And I think they, they turn to stone. So then you replay that time as well. So you have to save 23 lost souls caught in the curse cycle. And so you have to basically replay, discover more secrets, and then you're able to find out more information and uh, replay the same time. So again, similar to Groundhog Day, to a you know time loop narrative. Um, so it's um, a narrative-driven adventure game, and it's from a mod. Uh, there was a mod, Forgotten City, which I'm not aware of, but it, the game, it looks incredible. It looks really good. I believe only four people are making this game, which I don't know how that's possible, <laughs> judging from the screenshots and uh, trailer. Uh, but I really hope that uh, it, it delivers on its promise because it looks great. It's really intriguing story and we should be able to play it very soon in the summer of 2021. So that is The Forgotten City. And another game that was announced is Oxenfree 2 Lost Signals. Have either of you played Oxenfree 1? I, I nope. think no. I have it on itch.io. <laughs> I, have I it do want to play it. It's yeah, it's one of those. Where I know it's going to be really good, and I know everyone mm. loves it. So, so, but it's almost that thing of now everyone has sort of played it so much. It's like, oh, I'll play it at some point. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. It's it's we'll it, it, and we'll review it. it it's <laughs> funny because a lot of developers that we've spoken to that, that I've spoken to, they've mentioned this is one of their favorite most recent games. But yeah, it is. Oxen Free One was a very popular game released a few years ago. And Oxenfree 2, Lost Signals, apparently is set five years after the event of Oxenfree. And Riley, uh, we turn to her hometown of Kamina to investigate mysterious radio signals. What she finds is more than she bargained for. So, yeah, it could be good to play these two games one after the other when it's released. So, that is Oxenfree 2, Lost Signals. Shall we head straight to reviews? Let's go to reviews. Okay, so, Laura, you, this game is really interesting. Uh, before yeah. your eyes. Yes, that's right. So as I sort of mentioned a little, a little bit at the beginning, it's, it's got a very interesting, and I, I don't like to use the word gimmick, but I mean, that this is the main reason you'll be playing this game. I mean, it, I'll, I'll hazard a guess. Basically, yeah, it's a first person, uh, narrative adventure. And the uh, whole sort of interesting concept behind this one is, um, you control the story with your real life blinks. Um, and so how it does this, it uses your webcam and you sort of set it up, you, uh, correlate it all. And when you, there's little eye icons that pop up. And when you blink, the scene goes to the next one and, and that's kind of how it works. Now the actual story to go with that is you are a soul in what appears to be the un the underworld. You are it, you wake up in this boat with this ferryman who's a coyote in this like Macintosh jacket um and boots and he's telling you he's this ferryman, you've woken up, um you are travelling across these waters to this sort of being who's gonna judge your life. And this ferryman has to tell this being all about your life. And so he's like, now we're going to go back and look at your life. And you have to sort of control, move through your life and control it by blinking. And we're going to see like what you did in your life and see if there's like a tale I can spin that will uh, get this being to like let you into this new world. It's a heaven, basically. I think what they're saying is they never say that, but I think that's kind of what they're 
um saying so yeah so it's it's and it's obviously the idea of you know life flashes before your eyes you know life's gone in a blink and all those kind of sayings that come true in an actual game um and so you start off you're at your little baby you're on the beach and your your mum is talking to you and yeah when you whenever you blink in a scene the scene goes forward it will cut the dialogue and you'll go on to the next one so there's loads of moments of being like oh no i didn't mean to blink there <laughs> and um skipping through things you have to you have you kind of like open keeping your eyes quite open to drink in what's going in and it's just you're sort of like taking a little vignettes of of your life growing up basically um and hearing stuff around you um the whole screen is sort of like there's bits color, uh blacked out so you you normally just don't see everything in an entire screen it's it's all kind of um as i said done from a first person perspective um and there's there's sort of choices you can make along the way so um quite simple things like oh if you blink at this icon that means you tell somebody about the icon i think there's there's a quite fun one where you can either decide to go out with your uh, friend slash crush uh, to this beach uh, on the night before you've got this piano recital, or you can decide to like rest up uh, and then what you decide to do on that kind of decide your sort of fate later on, because you, you might screw up the recital or you might not, uh, depending what you do the night before. So there's sort of choices you have to make where you blink at certain choices <laughs> Um, and yeah, it's, um, it's a really interesting story. It's very emotional is what I will say. Do not play this game if you're feeling in any way emotional or sad because it will hit you with the feels. There's a lot going on. It's only a two hour game. Um, and that was even with me streaming as well, but it, um, it is very poignant. I would say there's a lot going on. Um, it, you know, you kind of get the whole, a story of it but there is a plot twist that i wasn't expecting even there even just within two hours so yeah i the the, the web the blinking thing worked it wasn't that annoying i would say it you know there wasn't too much of you being like oh wait i can't blink now because the scenes were quick enough and also you can just you know pre if you really do want to break you can just press escape and go to the pause menu if you're a bit like oh um so i, I didn't find now. that bit annoying <laughs> yeah like oh my god i'll just blink but yeah, I think what, what makes it different is, is the, the gimmick to start off with. Um, but I think they've used that in a way of really telling a story about somebody's life and experiencing someone's life. And in these kind of little vignettes and moments that, you know, I just can't think of any of the game that's done it like that, really. Uh, it is very short. The, the, I think the, the choices are sort of there to make you feel like there's different outcomes. I think the ending is the same, whatever you do. I've got that feeling. Um, it would be really weird if it wasn't, to be fair. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, that you can go back and replay chapters and blink at different bits and not, and not do different things. But I don't think that will really affect the story that much so there's a little bit of replayability but not loads but i think yeah it's a it's a lovely experience it's quite <laughs> harrowing near the end um but there are some joyful bits i would i would just say it, it's it's just quite short it's a lovely little experience but i think yeah it, it's it's gone in the blink of an hey. eye <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah literally it really is <laughs> you got a pun in there somewhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this sounds really unique and original yeah i know so like even I mean I'm delighted that you that you really liked the game because even if yeah. the game wasn't great, you know, which which apparently is really good, but even if it hadn't been good, at least the concept would have been very original. But the fact that it made totally. the fact that it had a very original concept and it works 
And it's yeah, a, and a good it, it story looks beautiful as well. As yeah. well. It's okay. kind of like, like I said, these sort of 3D, uh, but you, you're kind of static. You're not like mm. moving around. You're normally sitting down and people are talking to you in this first person perspective. Um, so it's you just sort of sitting and then looking at things and blinking and moving through the scenes. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I think it, because it works with the story, mm. the concept does make sense within the story. Right. It's not like a first person shooter or something where it's suddenly blank, you're blinking blink. and moving. I mean, God knows they could do something yeah. like that but um it makes sense uh within the story and i think that's why it works i don't i i don't know it it was very short it's the only thing i'd say but again that makes sense within mm. the story but whether you know it was i don't know it was almost so brief i was like oh okay gosh that's it then um is is the only thing i'd say about it but i mean that's that's kind of like life. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get I get why they did it like that. It did make right, sense. Yeah. Like you, I said, it does look very beautiful. You, what okay. I've heard about this game, yeah, is there was someone who um, who played it, who loved it, and mm. promptly asked his money back and got it back because the game yes. is less than two hours. Uh, two hours. Nah. Yeah. Yes. So was that? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't do that. that was no, but, no. But the, because the, it's not the, an expensive he, game either. It's like come no, on. No, but he, he rebought it. He rebought okay. it. But it also opened up uh, a discussion on oh, okay, okay. Steam's uh, refund policy, which yeah. apparently is no questions asked if you uh, mm. ask for a refund for a game well, you, haven't played, a... you have played for two hours, which makes certain short games. I mean, Quite, that could uh, be a topic yeah. we could discuss <laughs> mm, <laughs> because yeah. uh, it's it's an interesting one. So that is before your eyes, and mm. so thank you, Laura. I'm very curious about this game. I really want to. I yeah, um, I think so, to to sum up, I sort of say do I, it's worth giving mm. it a go just to experience it because it's just an, an unusual experience. It, it's groundbreaking that way. I would say right. that, that you know it's maybe going to lead to other games doing even more interesting things with it. It's a bit like I guess like Portal. Uh, yes, yes. Um, where that sort of opens to a lot of different sort of puzzle type things. It'll be interesting to see if anyone else decides to do something with this or if it just stays with this one game. Um, so speaking of unique concepts, uh, the next game I'm going to talk about, it was unique certainly at the time it was released, and that is uh, Her Story. So Her Story was released back in 2015. It was made by Sam Barlow, who I'm sure people know now, but at the time nobody really knew about him and this game kind of dropped and it became kind of a hit. It kind of was genre-defining as well, kind of like Before Your Eyes. So basically, um, you are sitting in front of a computer, which is in the game, and in some sort of police station, and you have uh, kind of a search bar, and in the search bar already is written the word murder. And there are five videos of a young woman, and so then you have to click on the videos, you watch the videos, and then you take down keywords... You put the keywords into the search bar and then more videos should come up and then slowly but surely you begin to find out her story <laughs> and you begin to find out the story and the plot. Now, usually when we review games, we talk about the story and the plot. But in this case, if I say anything about the plot, <laughs> it, will be a, it will be a spoiler. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything other than the fact that there is a murder <laughs> because that is literally the very first word. And the interesting thing about this is that this story is not linear at all. It's not. You don't even start at kind of the end. You kind. Of, you, it's kind of like a jigsaw piece that, based on the videos, that you piece together the story piece by piece as you see the videos. So, it is kind of old school in the sense that it's probably best to take notes. Certainly, take notes on what you believe are the key words 
um, that appear in the videos. And in the videos, it's just this one girl. It's just this mm. one actor who is speaking to the cameras. And the videos are mainly a few seconds long. That are about you know five between five and thirty seconds long. Some are about a minute or two minutes, so they're not too long. And it's a really interesting concept that became a hit with players back when it was released. Uh, people you usually. I uh, really, really liked it, and I can see why. And the story... Yeah, it's it's, it's often be- sort of rated as one of the best FMVs, isn't it? Uh, which is worth saying, obviously, it is an FMV. Yeah, sorry, I meant to say that, it, yes. It's, yeah. a, it's an FMV. It's a, you know, real actor. And yeah. she she's amazing, by the way. She does a really, really good job. Because, again, I don't want to say anything about no. her character, <laughs> but she's different. You know, some cases, some videos, she's a bit, you know, shy and timid. Others, she's more kind of, like, aggressive. And you have to piece together... What happened? You know, why is she constantly being interrogated by police? And you're over different days as well. So you can, you have to, this is set, set in the nineties. And you can, you can tell as well with the quality <laughs> that it looks like it's in the nineties. And so the acting is, is really good. And the story, you know, it was interesting. I was playing with this with a friend over Zoom during lockdown that we were both watching the videos and taking down notes and piecing together a story. Now I do have to say that on my end, I can see why it was so popular, but I, I did find it a little bit repetitive towards the end, I have to be honest. And again, it was very interesting. The concept was very good. The concept overall works. But towards the end, I did kind of lose motivation a little bit. I was kind of like, okay, I've, I think I've seen all the vi- I, I saw, I believe, Steam told me over 75% of the videos. Mm. But I think that's an issue I know as well, because I've played this when it came mm. out, that... Um, uh, I and I think other people have had with it. I don't know if you had Chaucer in terms of um, y- there's no real sort of ending. Yeah, no, it didn't it's, end for me. Yeah. I just finished. No. It didn't. It, it just yeah. said on the Steam that 75 percent or 75 percent. And you kind of knew what was going on. So, you, and I, I, mm. I think that was intentional. They wanted it to be like, well, you can leave when you want when you think True. you've got an idea. But I think people are used to having some kind True. of a it's conclusion. It's definitely yeah. different. I mean, overall, I did like it. I would recommend it. The concept alone is very intriguing, and it, as you said, it's. It's a great FMV. Um, it's, you know, it's a very interesting way to tell a story. And I think the fact that it overall it works is a testament to the quality of the game. But yeah, I did, you know, there was no satisfying conclusion. It's kind of like, okay, I guess I'm done now. I guess I'm finished. But yeah, it's, uh, I think overall it works very well. And the, the acting is really, really, really good. It's a very unique take on the detective interrogation genre. Um, I know that there are some people who are asking, is this an adventure game? It's like, you know, the question should be, is it good? Is it recommended? I would say overall, yes. Um, it's I think it different. belongs in our genre. It's, it's, a, detective, I think it's, it's a detective game. It's, it's a like, detective uh, game. Interrogation and so, stuff like that. I mean, you know? you're not the and one... And it has a story. Yes, it yeah. has a story. Like you're, you're not the one doing the you're interrogating, not anyone. but you're doing the detective work that you have to find out her story and what happened. Yeah. Um, mm. so yeah, so that is by Sam Barlow, who made Telling Lies, which you reviewed, Laura, as well. I believe it was the first game you reviewed on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so bring it back. That was his uh, second game. So yeah, overall, I, I did find it admittedly a bit repetitive towards the end, but I did get over 75% of the keywords. So it was a fair bit of the game. It took me about four hours, three, between three and four hours to play. And I think it's, it was cool to play with a, with a friend of mine. So that could be another option for people. Um, who are living re- remotely, who wanted to try it out, to have other people watch your videos and take down notes. Or it could be a community game. But that is her story, uh, if people want to check it out. It's available, I think, everywhere. It's available on Steam and GOG. Uh, so 
Thomas, I believe you've played a new game uh, called Paradise Lost. Not, not to be confused, is there a movie called Lost Paradise as well? There is a, a very important book by John Milton yeah. called yes, Paradise that's what Lost, I'm which, is, which is an inspiration for this game. Yeah, and I think we've got a trailer here. Did it end? Did what end? The war. Did the war end? I don't really know. Hello? Is anyone out there? Hi. Who are you? My name's Eva. My name is Shimon. Where are you? I've been locked in here for I don't know how long, and I'm getting really scared. My mom passed away recently. And now you're looking for the man in the picture. I saw Nazi flags hanging here in the picture I found. The Poles must have burned them when they took over. Whoa, this place is a mess. What happened here? A storm rages on the surface. We are whipped back and forth by the game, but our values remain unchanged. Our fathers, our mothers, they all shed their blood for principles. Today, so too will we shed our blood. But this time, we shall conquer and seize our future. Święta Maryjo, Matko Boża, módl się za nami grzesznymi, teraz i w godzinę śmierci naszej. Amen. So what is this game about then? What can you tell us that, <laughs> because I believe that there's possibility to give spoilers as well. So what, what yeah. can you tell us? This is a, an alternative history walking simulator. And if you don't know what a walking simulator is, it's like Gone Home, um, where you walk around and you find things. You're not necessarily doing puzzles, but you find notes, diary entries, etc. that slowly tell a story of what happened uh, there. In this case, it is a bunker and your mom has died and you are going out into the world and it's quite a post-apocalyptic world. You go out to the world, you go into this bunker to try and find out what has happened here because your mother has some kind of tie to this bunker. And I would describe this game, I have described this game as Gone Home meets Bioshock meets Fallout. Uh, wow. Because um, <laughs> it has the game, the gameplay of Gone Home. It has the alternative history, the, the walking around in a uh, in a completely abandoned part. It, it doesn't have any shooting in it. It had shooting in it, <laughs> but you're not doing the shooting, uh, like in Bioshock, where you uh, where you walk around this neo futuristic environment. It's this is the kind of the same thing. There is, yeah, they call it retro futuristic technology. And it's an alternative history that starts before World War II, and World War II plays a big role in this. That's all I'm going to say about it. You're going to find out a lot more because the, the more you discover about this bunker, the deeper you get, the more you see that something terrible has happened here and some, that something terrible has something to do with your mother, with your family. That is the, the reason why you go into the bunker. It is uh, made by a Polish developer called Polyamorous and is published by All In Games. 
Um, there's a lot of Polish in the game because the game, uh, I think, technically is... The bunker is somewhere in Poland. And I must say, I very much enjoyed it. It made my PC work like hell because it is... <laughs> uh, I have an old PC and uh, I had a few moments, a few times where uh, the game crashed because my PC just could not handle it anymore. It basically auto-saves every time you get to a new area. Uh, so I never had to replay much. I really enjoyed walking around, finding out what horrors uh, had happened there, what uh, what good things or what bad things had happened there. It looks really beautiful. Um, it, it has this bit of exploration. It is pretty linear. But you can still have like areas that, that have multiple areas where you can find uh, notes and other things or, or items you can look at. There are no puzzles here. It's not like uh, Call of the Sea where you have to solve all kinds of puzzles. Uh, this is all basically if I go here and I flip this switch, then that door opens and I can continue. I really wouldn't call it any puzzles here. But that's not the point. The point is to enjoy the journey, because that is what walking simulators is all about the journey and not necessarily about anything else. It's all about the story. And this story really gripped me. I played it, I played it for about six and a half hours. Okay. Um, there is, there is some choices you have to make near the end. There is some replayability. This, it, it is a bit hard to get into it without wanting to spoil <laughs> because the story is a big part. Uh, a big part of this, this alternative Are we history. able to mention, I mean, I'm just looking at the Steam page and it kind of mentions what the the bunker was used for. It's Nazis. The page. They're Nazis. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. can we at least say that just so people have a kind of idea of where yeah. we're going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. alternative Nazis. They did something terrible. Uh, it's not alternative Nazis. It's Nazis in an yeah. alternative history. So yeah. it did not play out the way it played out in the real world. Yeah. How it did play out is fascinating. And that's what this story is all about. And that's what you're discovering and how it uh, uh, ties into your own history. Uh, and so that is uh, that is where it, it goes to. And it, it gets weirder uh, the deeper you get because it, it, it takes elements of Slavic mythology. And yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it. I really, really enjoyed it. Now, I'm interested in, because I read a review this in Edge, and they were... Uh gave it a bit of a damning score and i think one of the reasons they were saying was um was compared to like gone home i think the environmental storytelling they felt wasn't quite there like the, it was a very detailed rooms you'd enter but actually there was nothing there to sort of tell a story i think they were sort of saying you know you'd pick up a pipe or a tin of shoe polish or something but it wouldn't really tell you anything about what was going on is that the case i don't, I don't know uh, um, yes and no because there are also uh, you also find uh, audio tapes and stuff yes, like that they mentioned that yeah they uh, said that it's all kind of to do with the you know you're reading mm -hmm. a lot of letters and memos rather than i guess yeah. with gone home there's like aspects that sort of oh and gone home you, you can pick up a lot of stuff yeah and true. you don't do anything with it Mm. Yeah. So, and that's not um, a criticism of Gone Home or anything. I'm yeah, here, yeah. here they they you, you don't pick up that much stuff, and there are sometimes just items that you just look at. I didn't mind that. Uh, I just sure. looked at them and I put it back. Uh, I listened to the to the tapes. There was um, there were a few bugs in here, and I think they probably ironed it out. It was nothing game breaking. Uh, once uh, about a third of the way in I came in a room and I had all that had all these items floating in the air and it looked like the, de the desk they were supposed to be on was missing and there was one moment where there was a 
an audio tape that was completely in Polish that I don't think was meant to be in Polish. How did you find the the walking pace of the game? Because I know here ah. as well it mentions it's a little bit slow. It is a that's... bit slow. You can speed it up a bit by holding the shift key. I found okay. it an, a bit annoying at the start. I did not find it annoying near the end of the game. But yeah, Thomas, it is, you it said is... a walking, walking speed is... Uh, walking speed is my hill to die on, yes. It is, it is my uh, safe game uh, uh, issue. But uh, as that's why I said like in the beginning it, it, it bothered me a bit, but later in the game it did not. The game is is split up in five parts. They are all they are five chapters named after the five stages of grief. That is not a spoiler because you get the first, you guess that immediately after you see the first chapter name because that is just if you have any familiarity with the five stages of grief that is uh, that is immediately what you think about. And I thought it was I thought it was really good. I think it was on Steam, Epic, and, and GOG. Great. Oh, great! So different options there for people. And it, I think it would also uh, it's also coming to uh, consoles. consoles. Yes. And I think if I had played it on my PlayStation, I would have had a very smooth experience. But mm. my PC was just it's just old, <laughs> so it it it's, it had some uh, some trouble right. with uh, with it. So that's that's not on the game. That's on my PC. Okay, so that is Paradise Lost. Uh, thank you, Thomas. Uh, now we go to the second interrogation game <laughs> of the week and this is a game that i've discovered is silicon dreams now very briefly you know how people still say that adventure games are dead we cover just adventure games we cover lots of them that have been released and that are about to be released and you know i think between the three of us we're on top of things we know about a lot of games that are about to be released but every oh. so often a game will come along that we know nothing about <laughs> I was surprised. I at love that. when it happens. This I is love one it of those yeah, games. it's great. This is, I had no, no idea what this, I had never heard of this game and it was just released recently. And I thought, oh, wow, I really need to play this. Basically, you know, what I could say is this is a bit like the concept of least is Blade Runner meets interrogation. You shall be deceived with a little bit of papers, please. It's, Lovely. um, so. You, you know, I mean, with Blade Runner, I can't remember the name, but we know when they're uh, interrogating the other uh, android yeah. to see if they're human or the Void, Void Kampf. Yes. Void Kampf test, yes, that was yeah. it. I, I had the vector test in my head, but that's something Nora, completely yes. different. <laughs> so this is a bit that the entire game is, is like this. So you, it's 2065, and you are an android. You're an interrogator model android. Your entire function is to interrogate other androids. So you're presented with androids who people claim are faulty or the, your company Kronos says is, are faulty. And by asking them questions, you need to discover if they really are faulty, how faulty are they, and then decide what to do with them. So um, to do this, you ask them questions and then you also see their emotions. So there are six emotions. So I believe it's anger, sadness, disgust, surprise, joy. And fear, and, and how do you you see that on your yeah, screen? So you, you, you see or, that on the yeah. on the screen. There are different ways. You see that on the screen. So you ask them questions. You cannot so ask them. So how, how do you feel? So do you tell me it's about a time when you last felt fear, and their fear uh, index will go up. So and it'll tell you. Uh, okay. Um, and so some models are designed to experience only a few emotions. So what uh, you also have to uh, fill in a report, which actually is more interesting than it sounds, because you just <laughs> have to answer questions. So multiple choice questions. So does this uh, model experience other types of emotions other than fear and disgust? And so you'd say yes or no. So if it's yes, then you know it's faulty. And you, there's also a transcript. 
to all the questions that you ask and all the answers that the androids give. And then in the transcript, it'll tell you how much fear, whether it's 10%, 50%, 20%. So you can check back over that as well. So it it's I found it really interesting. Um, since you is, are is that actual typing, Sersha, when you interrogate them, no. or is it cl- just clicking? It's just clicking. So basically, okay. with okay. the interrogating on the screen, you have like a circle, and you have different topics. So you click on a topic, and then you have a list of questions. And okay. it's really intuitive. Works very well because you know, with a lot of adventure games, even the best ones, one of my issues is that it. You know, you uh, you can go back and forth in dialogue trees and you ask the same questions over and over again and it kind of can break the immersions. That, that's not the case with this. Um, I thought it worked a bit better than Interrogation, You Shall Be Deceived, because I think that was the case in that game that you go back asking the same questions. In this game, it's all you ask question once for the, uh, for the most part and then you get mm. the answers and then you move on to next question and next topic. When you do that, because in interrogation, if you ask the the wrong type of question or you ask a specific type of question, it affects the person you're interrogating. Is that the case here as well? It can be, yes. Yeah. Uh, For example, you ask a question and it says they might need to trust you more. So then you have to, well, you can give some reactions. So, for example, you can say, oh, I believe you and I understand you and you did the right thing. Or they need to be more fearful. You need to get their... Uh, their fear up. So what you can do is you can shackle them and you can play oh, some God. really intense music and then you can threaten them if you so wish and you can get their fear up as well, depending on what you have to know. It's quite simplistic as well, but it, you know, it works well. It, uh, this- this does sound a lot like cyberpunk interrogation, which just so yeah, happens to be the subtitle of yes, the game. Cyberpunk interrogation. So yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is that when you're interrogating, you can then at the end, you can decide whether you let the androids go free, whether you they just need some minor adjustments or some servicing, or if they've gone too far. So if they're if they're too old and if they've served their function, so you can decommission them, you can basically destroy them. Now, it does play in your emotions because your character is also an android and I don't want to give anything away with the story. There is a story that goes through it, um, kind of like in, in uh, Papers, Please as well and in Interrogation. And so then you have to make uh, ethical choices, you know. should Is it right to get rid of these androids? Because they will say, oh, but you are one of us and this company doesn't care about you. But then mm. the company will say, you, you, you have different choices what to do in the game. You can go completely with the company and do everything completely by the book, but then you'll be going against your androids, and that will have consequences. Very like Papers, Please, in that yes. aspect, yeah. Or you can try and um, fool the company. So you can discover maybe that there are issues with this with this model, but then in the report you can say everything is fine, and then... But the problem is another person, another person in Kronos, in the company, will be double-checking that report and your interrogation, okay. Is there sort of multiple endings in that sense? I believe then? there are, um, depending okay. on what choices you make throughout the game. And the ending I got was very surprising because I kind of made my choice, but shall we say it did not go as I expected. And I really liked that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I I really, really enjoyed this. It was a uh, you know, real surprise for me. I, had no, I, I didn't know anything about this game, but it's a well-made game. It's a very intuitive game. I mean... You could argue that maybe the the story is a little bit cliche. We've had it before, you know, in Blade Runner, you know, like 
um, the rights of the androids and the rights of AI. Yeah. But it's done well because it's, it's a very it's a very well known trope in exactly. sci fi slash cyberpunk uh, literature and movies. So yeah. it's not really criticism. It's, it's done very very well in this case because that's the most important thing. It's, it's a you know you you do play as the android, which I think was the right decision by the developers. Rather than playing as a human or as yourself, because that will help you identify more with the androids. And if you do get to set them to be destroyed, I did feel like, oh, was that the right thing? But then if I didn't, the problem is that Kronos might have you destroyed. Uh, so if you try, mm-hmm. I mean, if you do well, for example, for Kronos, you get um, a bigger room, a bigger suite. And you get more perks with the job. If you don't do as well, then you get a smaller, more cramped room, and then you could be destroyed. So you have to kind of, well, you don't have to, but you can decide to try and balance it uh, if you so wish. Now, it can also happen that Kronos ask, will tell you, do not ask these questions. So do not threaten the family of this person you're interviewing. So you can decide whether to do that or not, and then you see the consequences. Um, so the game took me about four, I think 4.7, 4.8 hours. Um, it's very, it's very ri- well written. I found I, I really enjoyed it. It's very, as I said, the one reason it works as well is because the interface is very intuitive. You have everything on the screen. Uh, you ask the questions once. You can then read through the transcript, and it's all done to help the players. And you get emails coming in as well with more information. And then you have you fill in the report, and then you get a report on how you did on your own performance from the company. And it does get you asking questions. You know, do you go with the company? Or do you support the androids? And then should androids um, who are already given emotions and some of them, you know, are they, is it that they're faulty or is it that they're developing? So, yeah. And also now I don't know if you can save manually, but I believe every time I did quit the game, I did go back to where I was. Now, I never quit mid-interrogation, but every time I quit, I came back to the place I was. So that was a big help for me. Chill, um, yeah. Game of the year? Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, it's been a hell of a year. There's been some great <laughs> yeah. games. And this, as I said, I had no idea about this game. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. I would really highly recommend people give it a try. And, um, and yeah, it is Silicon Dreams. It, the developers James Patton and Clockwork, Clockwork Bird. And it was published by Clockwork Bird as well. And I would encourage people to give it a, give it a chance to see what they think because I really enjoyed it. And I would definitely highly recommend it. I have a final game we're going to review this week. Uh, Laura, you played uh, an interesting looking game, uh, Genesis Noir, I believe. So what can you tell us about this game? Yeah, right. Well, Genesis Noir, very simple premise, this. Uh, Basically, you are a watch peddler in a sort of pre-Earth universe who is caught in a love triangle with two other cosmic beings, you know, as you often are. Um, and you, the game sort of starts with you walking in a confrontation between these two, um, and the scene sort of freezes as, um, this guy is called Golden Boy. He is shooting your lover, Miss Mass, at point blank range. But it's, uh, it, the scene is sort of frozen as he's just about to, as he just takes the shot. But actually, this isn't any ordinary gunshot. It's actually the big bang. Oh. Uh, which the event which creates the entire universe. So your mission is to jump along spots of the timeline of the universe created by this gunshot, um, through basically to go through the entire history of the Earth in and around space, and um, try and see if you can stop this big bang from happening. Although that will obviously mean 
uh, backward, you know, getting rid of the uh, entire universe, which has just been created, uh, reversing the entire creation of Earth. Kind of a problem, um, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, and you to do that, you go through different points of uh, this expanded universe that has been created um, in this sort of timeline of the gunshot um, and sort of dip into basically different points in Earth's creation and um, and the history of humanity. So it's a very simple, uh, you know, normal concept. Yeah, normal, to, to normal concept, it. normal story, <laughs> as you are. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of get this. So there's no voice acting. Um, and you kind of, so you're just sort of picking up fragments of this story as you go along. There's no real, there's no, there is some text dialogue, but not loads, I would say, until near the end. Um, and you are this character. Like I said, it's in this uh, sort of 3D world. It's all, the color palette is all black and white for the most part. There's a very psychedelic color scene near the end, which was amazing, which I wasn't expecting. There's a lot in this game I wasn't expecting. It's quite mad, I would say. Very experimental. It's not your traditional point-and-click adventure. Um, there's no real... There's one section that had some uh, puzzles where you had to try and ma make a sound wave uh, match another sound wave by doing flicking kind of buttons and doing sort of trial and error stuff. That's the only bit that was a, a really a proper puzzle. The rest, you're just messing with the environment, moving your mouse around, clicking on things. You move just with the sort of WASD keys and you're clicking stuff and, you know, you're moving, maybe dragging a whole planet across the sky or you're picking up petals from a flower, you're doing all kinds of different things. And the basic idea is there are these 11 chapters in this timeline. You have to go through all of them and sort of complete them to get this symbol, uh, which when all of these symbols are put together, will hopefully create this black hole, which means you can reverse this Big Bang. And that's kind of the concept of it. But as I said, it's very experimental. Mm. There's a lot of strange things going on. The graphic, the artwork is amazing. Um, it very, uh, as I said, it's a black and white color palette because it's this idea of noir, but it's the, the way it sort of plays about with that and has these entire star systems and planets going above your head. Um, you know, at one point you're, you know, looking up above the earth at the other point, you're like tunneling through it. It really takes you to lots of different scenes. And like I said, you're going through different points of the Earth's history. So at one point, you're there whilst meteors are crashing down on Earth, where the dinosaurs are there. Another point, you're in feudal Japan um, uh, during a tea ceremony. Uh, then you're in the future. Um, so there's a lot to deal with. Um, and that was, I think, what began as something that was really interesting and I was intrigued by as as the game kind of went on it almost had too many ideas mm. I felt there was so much going on and it really wanted to put everything down that I think by the time it got so it took me about I'd say five and a half hours I think mostly it would take people maybe four hours or four and a half but because I was streaming and I was you know it does take a bit mm. longer sometimes um, but I think that's roughly it seems to be the average of how long it took people yeah so it when it was getting near the end there's this big like i say psychedelic scene uh of color and there's a big song and it's very i i would compare this game basically a bit to sort of some of david lynch's works because in terms of it's very experimental and unusual and this that scene particular uh i think reminded me of a scene in inland empire where they all break into singing about the locomotion um it's that kind of level of unexpectedness um but yeah and so i expected that to be the end because i was like there's this big finale and it kind of makes sense as to what's happening then there was another hour to go of of the game and a, a lot of that part of the game was you just 
clicking forward through a timeline, seeing everything on this person's timeline and then going all the way out the timeline again. And that went on for about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. So I just felt like it's, I, it became a little bit more style over substance near the end. Mm. And it really wanted to hammer in this point of, you know, you're having to choose. Do you get rid of this universe? You know, uh, are you, you know, just for this love. And it really wanted to kind of, hammer home these ideas that it had and it's got so many ideas it's such you know it's dealing with like time and space and the meaning of life and everything um and i just feel like if they've maybe just condensed it mm. a little bit more and not and and just cut a bit at the end because it was just too much it was i was getting a bit like i, I kind of get what they're doing now and the, it's not but it's not giving me any more things to interact with and do so that was my my own issue I, I really enjoyed it very interesting work very unusual um i don't know i seem to be going for the experimental yeah. games at the moment i don't know why i think the two um, at least <laughs> yeah yeah um so that's all i would say it's really it's still worth playing i would say probably don't i played it all in one sitting and that maybe didn't help a little bit because you know when you're getting near to the end of something you're a bit like okay i kind of get what's going on now but i, I want to move on to something else so maybe break it up yeah. in chunks okay but yeah it was definitely a lot bonkers of... what i saw you play <laughs> yeah yeah it genuinely that's what i mean like the whole david lynch thing i, I can't really put into when i was playing it i was like i don't know how i'm gonna review this because <laughs> i am reviewing it for adventure games as well and i was like i can't put across how absolutely mad this game is maybe i haven't really really put it across here like it's like the, that psychedelic scene i was like what the hell is going on here i'm, I'm curious um, now too yeah and it does look great it's i can't, can't put across as well it's very hard in words to you just go and watch like a trailer or, or watch it. it it looks amazing and considering it's like mainly just a black and white palette they've they've just and the soundtrack as well it's like this jazzy uh soundtrack obviously because it's noir uh but that plays in really well there's this great scene where you're like jamming with this um double bass player with your saxophone and that was really good fun and that was just like a bit of fun it didn't have to be all about like the cosmos and everything going on and i think it just needed maybe more of those scenes to kind of ground mm. it a little bit but just near the end they just i think they just they had so many different ideas and they just got a little bit carried away with everything um <laughs> I think it's still worth playing, though. I, right. I would recommend it to people because it's just so unusual. Yeah. No, that, I mean, the the visuals look very distinctive. And mm, it, yeah. I mean, I think you did a good job explaining it because I was like, <laughs> like now, now I seem to yeah. have more of an idea what it's about. And still, it seems kind of mad. Oh, yeah. It's very <laughs> mad. I mean, I guess it's a bit like sort of things like Disco Elysium, which right. are very unusual. And definitely there's a yeah, weird similarity thing, way, plot No, no, definitely. <laughs> And I guess that's what they, they, they don't want to lead you along. They don't want to be like, this is this and this is this. Um, and that's right. fine. But at some point, you know, <laughs> you've got to have a, some vague idea. I mean, yeah, there was a good, clear enough, it's all broken into chapters. So you kind of get what's going on. Um, the only other thing I'd say is just sometimes with the controls as well, I found it a bit hard to like, uh, that they're, they're a little bit sort of vague where you're supposed to be clicking or dragging mm. and things. That was the only other thing. But for experimental, um, f for the experimental factor, I would say give it a go and just see if you like it. Okay. Uh, so that is Genesis Noir. It's available on Steam? Yes, it's available on Steam. Uh, I think it is also available oh. uh, on Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, GOG, Epic, and the Humble so Store. Everywhere. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that, I should say the developer is Feral Cat Den, and it's published by Fellow Traveller. Yes, the Fellow Traveller have published quite a few games um yeah. they're they're usually good so uh thank you laura that is genesis noir 
And to finish up, uh, we have a topic, which Thomas... Yes. Uh, you chose this topic, Thomas. So what, uh, what is the topic that you... Yeah, before we go to this week's topic, uh, I want to go briefly back to last oh, week's topic, yeah. which was about <clears throat> uh, nostalgia in games, because we have a few oh, yes. uh, community response uh, to that, which I want to share first before we go to this week's topic. Sure. So um, we have two interesting ones here. The first one is from Olaf's Osh, a.k.a. Grunt. Uh, nostalgia is good as long as uh, it does not venture the route of copying. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yes. fair. And Kieran said, I reckon nostalgia is a, a great starting point for game design, but the tricky thing for devs is that nostalgia involves rose-tinted glasses, and they need to recreate something that looks like the old games through that rose tint, not something that actually looks like the old games. They need to pick out the good ideas and generate the same feelings while also being mindful of what's been uh, learned about game design since those games came out. Ron Gilbert said he wanted Thimbleweed Park to be adventure games how you remember them being, not necessarily how they were. And I think he managed that. Uh, Thimbleweed Park feels just like playing old uh, L.A. for the first time. LucasArts, same issue. Oh, LucasArts, yeah. yeah. LucasArts, yeah. Uh, While well, actually playing LucasArts for the first time can be quite a rough experience. He's not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the new Legend Suit Larry games are another great example. They feel exactly like playing the old Larry games for the first time, but the devs have carefully removed the parts that we wiped from our memories from that experience, like punishing the player for forgetting to save. Yeah, I think he, yeah. Um, I think he... he's got a lot of stuff right. Yeah, well, yeah. no, thank no. you for those comments. Yeah, though, thank you for those comments, uh, Olaf and Kieran. And uh, they were from our Discord, so... Yep. Uh, this year, this week's topic, uh, Thomas. Games that release their second part months later, yes or no? Does it make you revisit it, or what does it do with you? So again, just to be clear, this, these aren't sequels, and no. these no. aren't kind of episodic games like Telltale Games of Life is Strange. These are games that are one game split into two parts, so like Broken Age, Broken Sword 5, and The Hand of Glory. Tales uh, of the Neon Sea. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they often end on a cliffhanger, Mm. Because the story literally not finished yet, and then several months later, the second part, not the sequel, the second part comes in and finishes the story. I think for me, so I'm going off mainly Hand of Glory, and I think for me, my main issue with, with that was with the second part, they just did not include a recap right. at all. <laughs> and I was literally like, I don't remember what happened. Like, if you're going to release your second part of the game months on, you must include some kind of a recap of what happened. Because I had to go basically through YouTube and <laughs> look through the ending of the first one to work out what happened. So I get why some maybe smaller developers want to do that um but please include a recap yeah, if you're I, going I, was to do it. I know we were discussing yeah. this when last christmas yeah. that we were saying yeah, yeah we've, i when you said that do you remember that was a baby and i said a baby Where did <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the game was good the game you know i found yeah, good yeah, but yeah. uh yeah no the lack of a recap meant that i was also confused for much part two um yeah. people who will play the game now will play the game all the way as through. a whole Mm. Well, maybe just include like an option to, yeah, to you know, like you yes, would, with a Netflix would the trailer or something. Just a quick thing, and that would exactly, have helped yeah. for me. Yeah, no, I'm kind of in two minds about this thing of splitting a game into two parts. I mean, from the developer's point of view, I can understand why, because usually it's budgetary reasons. Um, at mm. least with, I believe, Broken Age and Broken Sword 5, that uh, at least Charles Cecil said that he wanted to release a game and meet the deadline at least, so... He decided to release the game part one. And then with other games, other developers, it means that they can release the game, fans can get the game, and the developers can make money then, and they can continue to make part two. 
and full game that they want to make rather than rushing a game and cutting out a lot. So I think it does make sense in that regard that it can work um, that way. Also, it means that once you release part two, either a few months later, it means that people are still talking about the game. So again, like the Hand of Glory part two, Broken Sword part two, Broken Age, that uh, gaming media sites and players were still talking about they were able to promote the game more. So they were keep promoting it. And, um, and you got the second part for free. For like free, you usually. Didn't, you didn't need yes. to pay extra for it. And it's I like, think oh, that, nice. is, that, that yes, is a big that's... difference between a sequel, which right. is basically, which should be a new game, or the second part, because both Hand of Glory and Tales of the Neon Sea released their second part. If you already had the game, you did you, you just got it. You just updated the game and you got the second part. Right, yeah. And I think with, as you mentioned, Laura, it, uh, I believe it ends on a sequel, or Thomas, or I believe it ends on a sequel. Hand of Glory's case, it did end on the end on a sequel, end on a cliffhanger. My apologies. Mm. Um, the, the, the Hand of Glory did end on a cliffhanger and a revelation. And so that did build anticipation for part two. Um, now, but I think there could be some issues as well. And there are issues with games that have been released in part two. I don't know what you guys think that, um, I think the games, you know, can feel a bit disjointed if you play part one and then part two a few months later. Like Laura, you mentioned that we had forgotten what was happening because it's I, a few months yeah. later. I think the danger could also be that people lose interest. Exactly. Uh, I mean, part one so has to be much... very good then <laughs> to yeah. keep your interest. Yeah. A lot of pressure I mean, on it, yeah. with Broken Age and Broken Sword, they already have a huge fan base. I mean, it's Tim Schafer, so he can get away. People are still going to play Tim Schafer game part two. Same with Broken Sword Revolution. But then with something like the Hand of Glory part two, it is more of a risk because it's their first game. So part one really has to be good, which in their case, I think it was. Um, but with, as you mentioned, with so many other games, uh, chances are people won't return to it or people will wait um, for the two parts to be released anyway. So they're not going to play part one until part two is released, which That's I think also could possibility, also be an yeah. issue. If, if it's clear that it's a game in two parts, there are plenty of people who will wait till the, till, till the full game is available. So that's a risk. My own personal uh, choice, my own personal opinion is I prefer it when it's all the way through. Same. I yeah. would say that the same. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and I believe in Discord, some people had, now we don't read everything because there was a lot that people wrote. I think this kind of said more or less what we, what we yeah, said. Well, there were, there were we some, summarize uh, if you there were them. some short, yeah. uh, short replies, uh, and, and there were, uh, there was one long reply. Um, so the first one, uh, I have no idea how to pronounce it. S-T-R-B-L-D-S-N-C-H. Says, as someone yeah. working on a game right now that could really use the funding booster release would give, I can see why people would try it. Some things, especially story-driven point-and-clicks, just don't do early access well, and breaking it up into two releases is a good compromise. I will say that most games I've played that did this, though, lost my interest in the time between releases. I doubt yes. it's an avenue I'd pursue. Exactly. That's what we were talking about. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have uh, Rotom Aaron. Uh, he says, I wait until all parts are released to play a game, so from my perspective, it's pointless. And mm -hmm. Chart says, it almost always comes down to budget unless a game is designed as episodic. Mm. This is a good point. Yeah, now, yeah. exactly. That if it's episodic, said, yeah. then... Because I think in these cases, in these examples, they weren't supposed to be no. split no. two no. parts. And... Um, it's yeah, interesting that it's... we're getting the view from developers here as well. So that's that's nice uh, if you join our Discord channel, which you really should. Then you also get to uh, 
to uh, talk to developers, and they sometimes ask you also to test out things. So that's a very yeah, good, their very good well. uh, reason besides the lovely community to join our Discord channel. Now, the last one... Which you, I'll just say, which you can uh, join, by the way, obviously we'll put a link we'll to put, that on yeah. the website if you go and eventually... The, now, the yes. last one, we can, so. we can summarize what Ingo Warker says, because there's a lot that he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because basically, we think what he was, he was saying as well, that before there was only physical releases, and so... So they had to release before Christmas, like Sierra and Out- mm. Outpost was released, but with bugs, and that was, you know, not good. Um, so, but then he says, kind of what we said. Um, oh, I didn't mention as well that the advantages of money is coming in, feedback is coming. That's yeah. another thing as well. That theoretically, at least after release part one, yeah, I remember feedback. that with uh, Tales of the Neon Sea that they got mm. a lot of feedback that their their um, puzzles were too hard sometimes, and I believe they adjusted that with the second part. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Now he he mentions then as well. The problem is that if not much money is coming in and the feedback would require substantial additional work, it may prevent a second part from ever being made at all, which would be bad for mm. the player. So that, that is, is a risk. That's a good point. Uh, thank you for for that, everyone. And people can still give us your opinion. Even you can still give us your opinions on oh, yeah. this topic oh, yeah. as well. You can give, <laughs> always give your opinion out. on previous topics as well in the Hot Topic channel. Uh, yes. Now you can also. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Patreon, if you so wish. We are an independent podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to help us out, you can. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Adventure Games Podcast. You will get uh, some extras. For example, these episodes, you will receive them first before they go out publicly. Uh, some extras as well. Some uh, There were some spoiler discussions with developers. I spoke with James Dearden and with developers of Interrogation Shall Be Deceived. And, um, Augustine Cordes, uh, about scratches and other developers as well, about spoilers for their games and other things as well. Now you can also leave reviews for us if you wish on Apple Podcasts and the link there as well. I believe it's break my podcast forward slash adventure games podcast, which will tell you where to go and how to leave a review. Just one line even will help. Uh, yes. that will really, really help us. And, uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. They're all on the show notes. Uh, so, uh, and thank you to everyone. Uh, so what are you guys playing? Do you guys know what you're playing now or have you decided? Uh, I mean, Silicon Dream sounds right up my alley. So I'm, yeah, it's a I short think game. I'm going to give that. I th- yeah, short I think game. It could be, it sounds really cool. That could be interesting to stream as well. You know, you could get, get yeah, the, um, that's what I was thinking. the people to decide mm, what do you do when you're filling in the report? You know, how do you answer the questions then? Um, yeah. you know, and what, do, what questions do you ask? And then how, how do you answer the questions from the Android? So yeah. I would be very curious. Um, apart from that, uh, Dark Side Detective 2, uh, yes. which I've got I've done a couple of, maybe like two hours of at the moment and enjoying, but it's it's a lot bigger than the original. <laughs> so let's see if I get it done. Yeah, I, I'm playing that game as well. So we, we shall see. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Thomas? Well, I will be playing uh, Forgotten Fields. Oh, nice. nice yeah. Um, oh, that I, I got, uh, so, so, but that's not a very long one. And the next game I will be uh, also be playing is Don't Forget Me. Oh, nice. yes. Yeah, <clears throat> which you liked, didn't you? Yes, the I demo, played the yes. demo. I want to play that game as well. It was um, a point and click without pointing and clicking because there was it was only a keyboard control, but that didn't matter because it was a really interesting concept. The demo yeah. you can already find on Steam and is now also available on Steam. I'm going to play it and I will tell you next time how it was. 
Cool. And uh, we also have links to the Twitch stream, which mainly, I think, Laura, you're mainly the one doing the streaming yeah, now. Yeah, but you know, you guys can always <laughs> yeah. maybe do a bit of It Takes Two or something. Well, yeah, <laughs> oh God, we are playing it, but we are terrible. Well, I am on. terrible, at least. It's, <laughs> we are not terrible, Sersha. We People are way better than we say we are. People would yeah, suffer yeah. watching us play. They that. would oh, laugh no. their asses off and enjoy yes, it that's a what lot. They would enjoy it. <laughs> if my PC could handle it, streaming uh, like that. Yeah, maybe uh, I might stream on my end. We'll see. Anyway, so thank you guys. Thank you for listening as always to everyone. And uh, we will be back in two weeks. So I hope, um, hope people at least in the Western Hemisphere enjoyed better weather, hopefully. And yeah, best of luck to everybody listening. Yeah, thank see you. you next time and keep on questing. Bye.